You ever wake up some mornings and you're just like, man, I wonder what Tony from Don't Sleep in Calling Hours is all about? Well, wonder no more because Tony sat down with me last week for an interview, so we will get into that in just a moment, but let's first play the new single from his band Don't Sleep. Uh, the song is called Promise Made, and here you go. Man of the hour, Tony, how are you? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, for the people who don't know uh, who you are, please tell us who you are and what you do. Uh, my name is Tony Bavaria, and I play guitar in uh, Don't Sleep and Calling Hours. Nice. I am. Um, I don't remember how we first connected, but I know that when I first heard Bring the Light, I was super amped. And uh, so I guess it was like 2017 or so, and that's when I started harassing you guys slowly and buying your merch. And I don't remember <laughs> if I like slid in and started talking to you guys or if it was Garrett. I don't really remember, but it was like it just kind of happened. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure either. I mean, I think we were. Um we were definitely following you and i think we saw you wearing a don't sleep shirt at some point and that in a video and i think that uh, that's kind of how we yeah we were like oh this guy's awesome and he likes our <laughs> that was the first time that's ever worked for me because any other kind of like thing that i did to try to get attention without seeming like a creep never never works i'm glad <laughs> that, at that time it did um so i you have a ton of stuff going on right now um but before we get into all that i wanted to kind of give people a context um so starting out early you came harrisburg camp hill area that's kind of where this all started for you um yeah i mean i grew i grew up outside of dc mm. but i was 
really, really young. At that point, my dad was in the Air Force. Sure. Um, and then when he retired, we moved to, uh, yeah, to Harrisburg area. And that's kind of where, you know, I started playing in bands. And that's sort of where we've been kind of focused. And Tom, the other guitar player, and I have been playing in bands together since we were 16. So just for, for a lo- real long time. Yeah, I think you and I are probably in the same age bracket. If I had to guess, I was born in 79. I'm assuming okay. you're in there. Yeah, 1980. Okay, so, so what, Harrisburg in the in the 90s, I assume. What year was your first band? So 96, 95. Yeah, uh, probably like I started playing bands probably like 94, and then Tom and I started playing together like 96. Yeah, yeah. How was that first band? Very good or very bad? Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, absolutely <laughs> terrible. Um, yeah, we won't talk too much about that. But that was really bad. And then I was in sort of a second band that was was listenable at that point. And we yeah. we sort of had some, um, I, I say, quote unquote, local success in a very, very limited way. I mean, that meant maybe like 20 people would come sure. to see us. But, you know, we were, it, that was going well. And when that stopped, that's sort of how... I would like we were it was the other bass player and myself um started a new band the commercials and that's when we met tom and we were able to like audition some people because we you know sure people knew who we were at that point locally yeah i remember my first band i was thinking about this the other day we were called the fuck ups with a ph because (laughs) nice you know um and obviously we we uh we would play like screeching weasel covers and things like that and i remember the first show we did uh people were like it was like one of those standing room only things and people are like five feet from you and everyone was looking at us like we were the worst band on the planet and, <laughs> and it made sense because i've told you about that cordify app that i use where you just it's you plug in a song and it goes to youtube finds the song and gives you the chords oh yeah i went back recently and i was like i wonder how if i remember how to play the screeching weasel song and i didn't know how to play it at all and that's why everyone was staring at me like they were because when i went back and ran it through this uh cordify application i was like i was playing all the wrong notes the entire time (laughs) and like I never had an ear to like be able to just pick stuff up. It was never my strong point. I had to have someone show me. And sure. um, so uh, message to the youth, um, don't go out there trying to wing it. That's a good, that's good advice. Yeah, it was bad. I wasn't good at guitar until like maybe five years ago, like decent, like, like decent. I've been horrible since I've been 14 <laughs> until now. Cause I spent most of my time screaming in bands and I've just kind of, you know, put guitar to the side. And then when I started getting internet attention, you know, that internet heat that you get, um, people mm-hmm. start poking at your guitar playing and you're like, wait a minute, I better get a little better. <laughs> so I started putting some time into it. Um, so speaking of which rig wise, what are you working with now? Um, I have a few, I, the pandemic was not good for me in terms of, I mean, I guess it was good in terms of getting a lot of equipment, but it was not in good. It was not good for my bank account. Sure. Um, I, I have a Mesa Boogie DC five that I've been using forever. Um, but I also, I just got, um, a 900 that I got on Facebook Martian, uh, marketplace mm-hmm. Marshall, uh, JCM 900 and, um, I have like an orange combo, like a rocker verb combo that I have. Um, so I, I haven't really for don't sleep. I've been mostly using, um, that DC five, but I've been looking at, um, kind of using the Marshall for sure. the calling hours stuff. Um, and then I, I bought a Les Paul classic, um, which I really like. 
and I have a Gibson SG that I've been playing since like 1998. Yeah. And those are like my two main guitars. What was your first amp that you had? Mine was like just a PV head. It wasn't even like, it didn't have it. It was just like a PV head. There was no, it wasn't a guitar head. It was just a head. Just the head. Yeah. (laughs) I I think I had my very first amp was I had a Harmony guitar and a matching Harmony guitar amp that was like, literally i think battery powered yeah um and then from there i think i got some sort of pv combo and then from there i stepped it up (laughs) and got a sick crate half stack nice for like 350 i remember it was 350 dollars uh and i had that for a long time yeah did you pair it with one of those ridiculous guitars i know that for my friends when they started playing they got off the harmonies and they're like i'm gonna get one of those weird ass dime bag daryl guitars i did not no 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 i had so i had like a i had a my first besides that harmony guitar i had a the first like the next guitar after that was like a pv strat copy yeah which was which is a pretty good guitar actually um and i had that for a while and then i got an actual strat uh and i had that for a couple years until i got that sg yeah i've had that sg for it's a good guitar yeah i love it yeah sgs are solid since i'm left-handed they always have been out of my price range and Mm. um so well when i was younger so i always strayed away from it i just flipped guitars upside down like an idiot and it's just like the worst experience ever (laughs) um so are you hitting the are you hitting like pickup selectors yeah, and stuff everything yeah. yeah it's just the worst right. thing so when i finally got like a job that paid me more than minimum wage i was like i'm gonna get a left-handed guitar and the first thing i got was an epiphone sg yeah and i was like okay. i love this guitar um, yeah so yeah um so 90s uh, harrisburg what did that look like M- music scene or or in general yeah i would say more so music scene yeah um there were between between sort of Harrisburg, Carlisle, oh, Carlisle. York, and Lancaster, yeah, if you're yeah. familiar with Pennsylvania, yeah. like the that south central area of Pennsylvania, um, there was kind of, I mean, I say there was a lot going on in terms of punk at the time, you know, yeah, for whatever that's worth. I mean, now shows weren't gigantic, um, but the, you know, there was a good, there was venues to play. Um, some little small all ages venues and then working up towards uh, there's a venue called the chameleon in lancaster pa and that mm. was kind of like you know if you could play there that was kind right. of a big deal yeah um and that's where you know like national bands would come but there was a lot of fire hall shows um there's a place called classic rags that was like a clothing store that did mm. shows there's some coffee shops and they all did all ages shows so there was a good amount of places for bands who you know were just starting out people in high school to cut their teeth and you know get some experience playing in front of people and then build up a following to work towards playing some of those bigger venues which was which was good yeah i remember so angry young and poor was happening out of lancaster at that time right Mm -hmm. and then i remember the overdrives i remember they came through my area when i was okay like yeah yeah in high school right out of high school they played a barn in bedford pennsylvania and um it was like the coolest place ever because we would just get all these people making their way on tour like into like ohio and places and they would just stop by this barn because you were just able to spend the night there and and uh and people just get drunk and it was just in the middle of nowhere and we would get a lot of cool bands from that area um but there is another band do you remember no compromise 
I don't know No Compromise. I definitely know The Overdrives, though. We yeah. played with The Overdrives a lot. Yeah. No Compromise was one of those, like, um, uh, hardcore bands uh, from that area, I think, from, like, Camp Hill-ish area, maybe somewhere in there. Um, and they were one of those, like, um, brutal uh, stomach tattoo-type hardcore bands okay, when okay. everyone was like, you like hardcore? And I'm like, I don't know. And they're like, listen to this. And I'm like, I don't think I like hardcore. It was like that <laughs> kind of thing. Sure. That area for me was always like that section of Pennsylvania in terms of hardcore because of its like proximity to CC's. Like to mm-hmm. me was just like not the type of hardcore that I wanted to be associated with. Were you right. at all involved with any of that during that time or no? Um, I mean, I think there were... I mean, I think at the time there were a lot of mixed bill shows. Like uh, there weren't a lot of the shows that I was going to in like the mid to late before it started getting too far into the late nineties were a very, like, you know, there'd be a hardcore band, there'd be a ska band, there'd be like a pop punk band. I mean, it definitely was like, there weren't enough, there weren't enough bands in any genre to have just like, this is just a hardcore show or right. this is just going to be a punk show. So there was a lot of that mixed stuff. So the crowds were as a result, pretty diverse as well. Yeah. Um, in terms of, you know, you'd have someone wearing checkered pants and then like, you know, someone with, you know, neck tattoos and right. like, you know, full, yeah. like, you know, straight edge beads and everything. So it was, you know, like it was, I, I don't, the, it wasn't, but we were also like, Harrisburg didn't have, I think, like a big like beatdown hardcore scene. Sure. Like, I th- yeah, uh, where I think maybe that was a little bigger, like Lehigh Valley and Philly and sure. stuff like that. But yeah. yeah. So, would you consider yourself more of a hardcore kid or a punk rock kid? Because you seem to me that you ride both lines, kind of like I do, where you're very much into popular stuff, but also into hardcore. But I don't know how deep you get into like heavy, heavy stuff. Uh, I'm not like super into heavy, heavy stuff. Sure. I would say I'm probably like more like I definitely was like more into punk at the time. I mean, I think, you know, like I like a lot of old school hardcore and like fast kind of hardcore yeah. like that stuff I'm into. But the like more brutal beatdowny stuff is not really my cup of tea. But sure. um you know, I can obviously respect it, and there's a lot of like great playing. But I like I came more from like alternative into punk versus sure. like you know I know a lot of people are like coming from metal into yeah. punk and hardcore. So it's like I think I you know I was more into like Sonic Youth or like Pavement or things like that. Sure, coming in that way um, versus like coming in through like Metallica or right, right. something like that. So Slayer or something like that. Yeah. I've talked to people where they're like metal heads, but they got into metal through like Slipknot and that stuff to me, like always kind of like, I didn't understand it because my, the way that, that I was brought up was like, you come in through like minor threat and black flag in seven seconds. Right. And then you work into everything else. Um, sure. And when I talk to people where they're like, yeah, man, the band that got me into it was Slipknot and Limp Bizkit. I'm like, well, I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. That was not, that was not my experience. <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely more like, yeah, minor threat, seven seconds, like that kind of stuff yeah. is more my, yeah. my intro. Would yeah. you agree that seven seconds, the crew is the greatest record of all time? Um, greatest record of all time. Mm-hmm. It's a, I mean, it might be one of the greatest hardcore records. This is real time. easy. I'm going to, I'm, I'm not, I don't know. I can't <laughs> say greatest record of all time. I can't, I can't say it. All right. Can't all say right. it. Uh, maybe I just lost a lot of hardcore points, but yeah, <laughs> I can't say it's a great record. Yeah, it's a great record. It is, it is indeed. Um, it is the one that, that made me who I am today for better or for worse. 
Um, so in terms of um, so so commercials, that was kind of like the first big one for you guys, or for you specifically, yeah. I guess you and Tom. Yeah, I mean the first band that was like that we first started like playing out of town sure. and then releasing records and you know outside of just past bands having like a demo tape or something like that. So yeah, that was really like the first band that started touring and doing things and actually trying to get out there. If you Google Harrisburg pop punk, you the commercials come up over and over. Like, so I don't oh, know really? if like, you ran <laughs> that area in terms of pop punk, but you're like the first ones that pop up. That's kind of neat. Yeah. Um, I mean, I did, I did a lot of shows at the time too. I mean, I think that was just, that was, you know, part of what was happening at the time you know if you wanted to if you wanted to go out and play other places and you wanted to you needed to do show trades and that was just kind of like how it had to happen and if you wanted bigger bands to come to the area like I would actively see, search out those bands to try to come mm-hmm. so I mean I was doing a lot of shows uh, you know uh, people may not have liked that sometimes but sure. <laughs> that was you know that's what you had to do to, to get out there I think yeah it was hard back then it, it sucked like every part of it sucked like handing out flyers like mm-hmm. sending people like letters phone like giving phone like because you know on back of cassette tape someone would put their phone number and then you call on at someone's mom's house and like the right. whole thing was just uncomfortable right. yeah right. i don't miss that at all um mm-hmm. so after the commercials so i went deep dive right from deep dive for me uh okay. discogs and so uh those who remain you were part of this and so was your brother or was it mainly your brother and you kind of got in there at times or no we were we both um it was it was yeah my brother myself um our friend colby um and then our friend jared and then we had a couple different drummers but um yeah it was it was all of us to sit the whole time sometimes there were shows where someone couldn't make it and then someone filled in but yeah it was old school straight edge hardcore sure and that was kind of it was kind of at the same time the commercials was going as when it started sure yeah I, I did a lot of that too where you'd ride like two and three different bands and one would pick up and one would kind of go to the background a little bit um right. after all that is that when very american started or was no no so then we did a band tom and i did a band called safari so good oh right we were doing for I a little while i saw something about that but i couldn't find anything yeah yeah we did that for a little bit um then we did another band called in wilderness which was like pretty crazy and we had like two drummers and it was it was like a whole thing yes uh there were like a bazillion people it was i don't know it's like a lot of people it's crazy um that record that we did is i really like it but um and then from there then it was then we kind of started doing very americans sure So it, it, so this is Tom, you and Tom pretty much since high school. Was he a part of all these? Except for those who remain. Sure. Yeah. When and then did, we had, I, I'm sorry, I had, I had another, I did actually, just, despite me, what I just said about beatdown hardcore, I had like a beatdown hardcore band that I did. Of course you did. Called Bla- yeah, called Black Eyes <laughs> for Bad Guys for a little while. So I'm not opposed to beat down hardcore by any means. Yeah. It's just my introduction was like, hey, do you want to go to this show in Pennsylvania? Sure, who's playing? A band called Coming Correct. It's like, oh, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> and it was just like, don't make eye contact with anybody. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like right. The whole thing to me was like, oh my God. Right. Um, right. 
Yeah, I talked about this in like a previous podcast, but like my introduction to that world was really like, I just don't care about like this old English script font on everything. Like the whole thing sure. didn't work for me. And then when someone's like, have you heard of Gorilla Biscuits? And I was like, no. And then I listened to it and I was like, oh, thank you. Thank you right, so much. Right, exactly. Yeah, it made me exactly. want to be a part of hardcore at that point when I heard that mm-hmm. record. Um, so, um, so I guess we can move. Well, actually one more question about the old stuff. Sure. Out of your favorite bands, or out of your older bands, which one was your favorite? Um, or you c- wish you could have done more with, I guess. Uh, that is, I, I mean, I think, I mean, Very Americans is technically we've not broken up; it's still technically going. Sure. Um, I think those records are my some of my favorite stuff that we've done. Um, I mean, the commercials had some good stuff. The the thing about the commercials, though, was I just feel like, we, I mean, we were a band for so long and it was just kind of all over the place. But the stuff that we did at the end, I, I was really, really proud of and I think is really good. And sure. I don't mind saying, hey, I, I was a part of that. Some of yeah. the earlier stuff, yeah. I, you know, I, I wouldn't really stand behind today. But um, some of that stuff and then the Very American stuff, I think, is is I really like and is some of my favorite stuff that we've recorded. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I, there's always things where I wish that I could have done more with some of the, um, older bands that I was in. And it's more so I, does it come down to like, is it everybody else? Like, were they the problem of why it didn't do it? Or was it the time or where you were? Like those types of things keep me up at night. So that's why I like to ask other people because I don't know. I always assume that the common denominator is me because I (laughs) I was a part of all of it. (laughs) Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, it's so it's hard because you you know you're young yeah. and you know you everyone has opinions that they're really you know adamantly yeah. supporting and yeah. and you know you just don't have the life experience to know what is important right. to argue about and maybe what isn't. Yeah, and I think you know I think with the commercials it was just we've been doing it for so long and it was just time to yeah. put it to bed. I think, but. Um, yeah, Very Americans, it's just, you know, and then with Very Americans, it's we started it, we were a little bit older, and it's just hard to, you know, it's hard to get traction when you're just, when you're older and have right. families. And yeah. yeah so yeah. when you're not 18 and can't just go on tour or, or have yeah. no responsibilities, right? So. Be it shows nonstop, right? Like right, networking, exactly. like, yeah, it's right. just like impossible. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, one, uh, in terms of being younger and opportunities missed, uh, my one of my older bands had the opportunity to open for Hatebreed twice. Oh wow! And both times, somebody was like, had a reason that they couldn't do it. Uh. And it always came down to I think they were just afraid to like play that level of show or like play for their idols, I guess. And we never sure. played those shows. And I sometimes feel like should I call this dude and be like, hey, do you remember two thousand three? Like, like I just want. <laughs> How do you feel now? Do you wish you would have played that show? Right. Because it always came down to like, oh, I got to work early in the morning. And it's like at a job you no longer have. Like you no longer right. have that job and you threw away that opportunity. Yeah. And um, me and Jamie could have been best friends. I could have been on Headbangers Ball. Exactly. But you exactly. stopped that. I, that was your fault. Um, and um, so the the don't sleep story, I think, has been told like a hundred times. So you don't have sure. to tell it. I'll tell it. You sure. tell me if I have it wrong. Okay. Uh, we were, Dave was coming through town and then we were like, hey, we can be your backing band. And Dave's like, that's cool. And then after a little bit, you're like, we should start something. And then don't sleep happened, right? Yeah, that's it basically okay. in a nutshell. So yeah. 
so Popeye, how did how did the calling hours thing come about? Because I thought he was California based. Yeah, so he moved um, he moved here, I guess maybe like two or three years ago. Uh, he his wife is from California, but moved here for work to and Harrisburg, not to Harrisburg, okay. to Scranton. Oh, okay. Um, and so, and then they met and they were doing a long distance thing for a while and then he was like i think got to the point where it was like i'm gonna move there and sure. then they got married and so yeah so he's so just over the last few years he's been here in scranton and we actually going back to the commercials we did a commercials reunion last january yeah of of 2022 and um we were just trying to find bands to play and we had known that he had moved here recently, so we were like, oh, let's see if he wants to play acoustic. Um, and the guy who put on the show was actually Don't Sleep's old manager. And he knew like we had done the stuff with Dave where we were like his backing band. And he sure. was like, hey, do you want to be Popeye's backing band for that? Yeah. And we were like, yeah, if he wants to do it, we'll do it totally. Because he's like, ah, you know, it's just more people pay attention if it's full band versus sure. just acoustic. And I don't yeah. want to just have him play acoustic on a show with like a bunch of full bands. So we were like, sure. yeah, we'll, we'll totally do that. And um, and plus, you know, secretly, we're also like, oh, my gosh, we get to play with Popeye and play Farside songs. That's amazing. Right. So, yeah. so we were stoked. Um, so we did that. And then, you know, we were just kind of talking and, you know, we were like, yeah, if you want to play some more like let us know and he's like yeah do you want to do you guys want to write some songs and we were like yeah so we, it ended up kind of being almost a similar situation to how don't sleep started so um yeah we just started talking we were writing some songs and we knew uh brian mcturnan from working on the don't sleep stuff and he you know we we knew he was a big popeye fan so we were like hey do you want to kind of work with us on writing these songs and he was like yes 100 percent. so yeah. we kind of looped him in and we were just like writing songs and then he was kind of giving us some pre-production notes on things to happen with the songs and and that's what we've kind of been doing for the last year so yeah that's been cool super interesting and in case i'm sure people can pick up on this but popeye sang for a band called farside um, oh, yeah. did he Probably play guitar that. in that band or yeah he played yeah. guitar in farside also yeah yeah i yeah because i noticed i always i would see him pop up over the years and i always saw uh jeff from game face pop up too is he in Jersey or something at this point like I don't know I thought they were from California as well yeah they are and Jeff still is out there and before he before Popeye moved here Jeff and Popeye had a band yeah called your favorite train wreck together right. and they were doing that for a little bit but yeah Jeff's still in California okay gotcha okay yeah. that pieces it together because um, I'm I'm the only way I'm getting information information is by creeping on people on the internet so I sure. don't like have <laughs> any factual stuff totally. um, so uh, a question that uh, people have been asking me because I said, hey, I'm doing an interview with Tony and like hundreds of people are like, you should ask I'm this sure. question. I'm sure. And uh, so the how did you make a deal with the devil? Because it seems like everything that you've done has had has been signed or has had some kind of success or you've dealt with Dave Smalley and now you're dealing with Popeye. Who's putting this like who's orchestrating this? Is it Garrett? Is it you? Um, Is it Tom? I, I think... <laughs> Thank you. Um, but I don't, I don't, um, I mean, Garrett reached out to Dave initially and that's kind of how that started happening. And I think Tom and Popeye were sort of talking. I mean, we've been very lucky for sure. And I am 
very well aware of that. And we've had, you know, to be in a band with Dave, you know, is yeah, sort of, I, you know, I pinch myself about it a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, from I, like, and going back to the Chameleon, the first show I ever went to see at the Chameleon was Down by Law. So, you yeah. know, it was, it's, you know, I've been following Dave and obviously his music for a really long time. And same thing, you know, with Popeye to be able to do that band with him I, I, has been awesome as well. I think, um, you know, Tom, Tom is like a really, you know, and I don't say this just because I'm in a band with him or sure. happen, but he's, he's a, he's really, really talented. And I, you know, he writes good songs and I think, you know, while, you know, some of these people, I mean, for Popeye and for Dave, I mean, I think while we might be nice people to hang out with, you know, if the songs weren't good, I don't think they would sure. want to do this. So, yeah. and Tom, I think, you know, is able to really write some good stuff and, you know, he, the way we kind of work is like Tom will usually come up with a riff and sort of the basis for things. And then we kind of put things together all together, um, to actually make it into a song. But I, I think, um, you know, he's a leading factor in what makes some of our songs, you know, good. If you think any of our songs yeah. are good, that's why I think yeah. he's, he's, he's a big factor in that. I never actually thought about that, but given the position, like, I'm just like, Oh, it's these four guys in there. They've got Dave Smalling, whoever, but like, that must kind of be huge for Tom to be like, it's one thing to be their backing band, but it's another thing to be able to write songs to where these people are like, Hey, I want to play with you because they've played with the best. Right. I mean, yeah. especially for Dave, I mean, with Brian Baker and then, uh, Sam, I guys mean, guys in all Sam, too. I mean, just, oh, yeah, yeah, Sam, all. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, like just like the biggest, most influential dudes. And, um, uh, yeah, 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 I, we pinched, I pinch myself all the time. I mean, and, and it's not, I mean, I don't want to blow Tom's head up either, but I mean, like, <laughs> like Jim is, Jim is a really, really good drummer. Yeah. You know, I think Jim is phenomenal and, you know, I would put him up there with like almost any drummer. I mean, he's, and he's just, he's super solid. He's super yeah. tight, super creative and just one of the nicest dudes. Yeah. And Garrett's a really cool dude. There's some good, there's some good guys in this band that I think are very talented. Yeah. Super fortunate. Cause it's, you know, a lot of times you'll get that like one or two guys are carrying the whole thing. So for sure. Um, yeah. For so sure. super beneficial. Um, so, uh, one more question about what's going on before we get into the quick fire round, um, the <laughs> okay. lightning round, if you will. Sure. Um, so in terms of tour plans, um, so don't sleep. I probably shouldn't gloss over this. So new, new record coming out and you just put out a new video. One, right. where did you get those children from? Whose children are those? <laughs> and then is there anything planned in terms of after record release? Or is there a show happening? Any kind of small tour? Sure. So, uh, yeah, new record, Sea Change, coming out uh, June 2nd on and Hits Records. Um, and we have a new video out now for a song called The Promise Made. And, um, yeah, the kids are Tom and Garrett's son. And then the How old drummer, are those kids? How old are they? Yeah. Um, I think they're both 18 or 19. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, we're old. <laughs> um, and... <laughs> And then, uh, and then, and then just some other kids are, are friends, are our friends' kids. Sure. And that's, that's who some, that's who made up the band. Gotcha. But yeah. Yeah. Um, but in terms of tour, anything regional or nothing kind of planned out as of yet? Um, things, 
being worked on right now. Sure. Uh, nothing ready to be announced yet. Sure. But yeah, we're we're gotcha. working on some stuff um, and just getting. Yeah, we have a couple more singles coming out. Sure. And yeah. What about this uh, this culling hours? When am I going to be able to hear one thing that this sounds like? I have no concept of what this sounds yeah, like. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, there, I, I can't officially announce anything sure. for that yet. So I don't... Um, we're playing a show um, May 20th. So I would assume there will be video of that show sure. after this. So okay. that will probably be the first thing. <laughs> that will probably be the first thing. But... Um, yeah, I don't know when the singles are happening yet for that, gotcha. or when the label is planning to talk about which, that. Which uh, do we we cannot confirm or deny what label this is coming out on? Yeah, I don't think okay. I don't think I'm supposed to say that yet. Gotcha. Yeah. Fair enough. Sorry. No, I mean the the seven people that listen to this podcast. Are like, <laughs> oh man. Um, all right, so let's do this quick fire. Okay. I don't want you to think. Well, I mean, you got to think a little bit, but I just okay. just come with whatever. First gut reaction. Okay. Quick fire. I'll, I'll do my best. Favorite Green Day album. Uh, one thousand thirty-nine smooth out sloppy hours. When do you stop listening to Green Day? Which album? Uh, after Dookie. Whew, wait, what? Not even. Whoa. Hold on. So we're gonna backtrack the the quick fire okay. round really quick. Okay. So you won't even go to Nimrod. I'm not. Yeah, no. I mean, there's okay. There's a few songs, but I think they kind of lost me. All right, I stop at warning. That's mine. That's where I stop. Okay. Like that's as far as I go, and then I'm done. Um, okay, that one caught me off guard, but a thousand thirty-nine. I'm on. I'm on board with. Um, it's okay. the best one. If you could play in any band, which would it be? Texas is the reason. Hmm. If you had the chance to go to space, would you? Yes. Ooh, no. I'm not no, getting into rocket. Oh no, god, yeah, no, yeah. no, no. I would tell. I would totally do it. Yeah. No, uh, tacos or pizza? Pizza. Cassettes are dumb, right? Um, I'm gonna say no. All right. Favorite no, Fat Records dumb. band or album? Uh, Strung Out and Suburban Teenage Wasteland. Best uh, Equal Vision release. Ooh, that's a big one. That is. I'll tell you mine. I'm going to go with Saves the Day Through Being Cool. Ooh, good choice. Mine's um, the uh, hand t- the Hands Tied EP. Okay. Yeah, I love that. I don't know why. It's just I just love that EP. That for me is the best thing that they ever put out. But um, Through Being Cool, um, definitely up there. I think it's a classic. Also, right? didn't they put out, they put out that botch record too? Well, we can go all day on that. So never mind. This is quick fire. Uh, okay. Um, what is one thing you would tell your younger self? Oh man. Um, I just I let stuff go, let stuff go. Don't sure. Hold on to things. You know, things aren't going back to what we were talking about earlier. Just some things are probably not worth fighting about. So just let it go. Yeah, it's a solid advice. Uh, do you play any other instruments? Uh, not. I mean, I barely play guitar, so I would <laughs> say no. I don't. No, no, nothing else. And well uh, enough to say. Final question. You've been doing a lot of podcasts recently. Uh, which one's the best, do you think? Wh- which podcast would you say is the best? I think the Five Song Podcast, for sure. Go buy those records when they come out. Yeah. Now that we've gotten that stamp of approval, I <laughs> endorse anything that Tony does. Um, yeah. So anyway, Tony, I'd like to thank you for your time today. Is there anything you'd like to tell the to tell the world? Um, well, first, I'd just like to say thank you for having me on. And then I would say, you know, yeah, if you're interested in anything we're doing, just check out... Um, 
Don't Sleep and Calling Hours on Instagram or Facebook, and we'll have Don't Sleep's new record coming out uh, June 2nd, uh, singles coming out, and Calling Hours to be determined. So There it is. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thank you. If you didn't know, I participate in the evils and ills of social media, so find me on Instagram at Five Songs Podcast. That's the number five, not spelled out. And if you're an old person, you can email me at atomiccollapse at iCloud.com. And finally, did you know that I have a Spotify playlist which has every single song that we've ever featured on the podcast? Well, I do. So if you check the description of whatever platform you are listening to this on, you should see the link. Um, So this way, if you don't want to listen to me ramble, you can just get on with the music. 